Welcome to Gain That Tune. What's going on, everybody? It's Game That Tune back in the house once again. It's your boy, John Harrington, here. We got John Regan with us. Say hey. Hey. We got Jesse Moore. Say hey. Hey. And we got the king of the show, David Fleming. Say hey. Hey. Hell yeah, guys. Welcome back. It's Game That Tune. And like I said, we are once again in the house. This is episode 328 of Game That Tune. And my goodness, guys, we are going to have a fantastic show coming up tonight. It's uh, going to be... Uh it's going to be a really good one. What we're going to do is listen to some video game tunes. We've each brought three songs from a game. We're going to try and guess each other's games based on the songs with a little bit of trivia. We are going to goof off and have a lot of fun. And the winner at the end of the night picks the theme for our next episode and plays some bonus tunes. And our winner last week was the fantastic Jesse Moore. And Jesse is going to tell us what the theme is for tonight's episode. Um, I picked the theme that was either uh, two themes, if you will. Um, theme one was games with lots of reading. Um, mm. and, um, there's a lot of games that span that, you know, a lot of RPGs, you know, visual, yeah, yeah. you know, those weird, uh, detective games and, you know, pretty much any like game that. with a story yeah. that predates voice acting. Yeah. Anything before PlayStation 2, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then also, um, games that look old and it's uh you know it could be games that are legitimately old or just games that look old or you know it's it's very up to debate as usual on game that too so. mm -hmm. wait so we were counting old games as looking old yeah well they yeah. look old don't they like if i say hey does this Mega Man game look old you'd be like yeah it came out in fucking 89 and i'd be like mm -hmm. yeah of course it's old yeah. God damn, I should have chosen a Game Boy game instead. Yeah, it's really not yeah. complicated, David. It's a very easy theme. <laughs> game Boy games look really old, David. Yeah. Especially with it. the you know, the moving of the goalposts of the you know the line of what, what is old. I mean, hell, it's you know what are we calling old these days, guys? It's yeah. uh you know. It, I, am I, I am I old? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes yeah. you are. Um as, yeah. as the youngest person here, I can comfortably say <laughs> we are all old. Yes, yes we are. So that's right. On this episode, we are going to uh, be giving our listeners a deluge of the most eloquent and elaborate video games that require a profuse amount of reading. Uh, in addition to those that are crafted with, uh, let's say, an intentionally old-fashioned aesthetic. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to embark on a journey through the labyrinthian depths of the gaming universe, wherein the concept of gameplay is intertwined with a literary experience like no other. So brace yourselves, for we shall plunge into the netherworld of digital escapism, wherein the narrative and the plot will undoubtedly captivate your intellect and your imagination alike. In this particular episode, we'll delve into the nitty-gritty details of the games that not only require a significant amount of reading, but will also flaunt the graphics that harken back to an era long gone by. 
In this time where technological advancements were nascent and not quite as pronounced as they are today, games with low-resolution graphics and an antiquated appeal were prevalent, and yet they still managed to enrapture gamers with their immersive and engaging gameplay. Uh, from text-based adventures that will pique your interest and test your wits to low-resolution RPGs that transport you to a fantastical realm of epic proportion, we're covering it all, guys. So put on your thinking caps and settle in for a thought-provoking and nostalgic trip down memory lane. With that said, we urge you to prepare yourselves for an auditory journey of epic proportions, one that will challenge your mental faculties and awaken your love for gaming in all its antiquated glory. Let's get ready to embark on a journey through time and space to a world where words and pixels converge into an experience that will truly leave you in awe. Did you get all that? Game one. <laughs>
All right, so uh, one weapon in this game, the Eye of the Beholster, has uh, a unique feature. Rather than prompting the player to reload, it prompts the player to behold. Who's got some uh, answers? I'm feeling pretty good. Oh, yeah. Well, trivia was uh, not hard, I don't think, but we'll, we'll see. All right, so um, <laughs> Jesse says the Iliad 64, which is pretty close. Uh, John and David have the correct answer of Enter the Gungeon. Before we get into this game, I just want a very quick tangent. Considering the fact that the Iliad is mostly concerned with, like, the Battle of Troy and the Trojan Horse and everything, I'd play the fuck out of an N64 version of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would yeah. love, uh, yeah, part of the game where you build the Trojan Horse and all that. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> the Trojan Horse building game? <laughs> yeah. With N64. Yeah. Design this horse. It's what goes inside? <laughs> it's basically a Kerbal Space Program, but it's a Trojan horse. <laughs> I was going to say, it's kind of like Minecraft, but you can only make horses. Mm -hmm. I built this giant horse. What do we put inside of it? Don't worry about that now. Just just accept the horse. <laughs> so, um, so this is not that, then? No, this is Enter the Gungeon, a roguelike... Is it possible to enter the Gungeon via a Trojan horse? I... You know... I mean, they still make updates to the game, so I think you could uh, write to the developers and ask nicely. Yeah, and trick the, uh, trick the leaders of the Gungeon to letting you in. <laughs> and they'll probably tell you no. But mm. you can still ask and see what happens. So, yeah, enter the Gungeon. Um, it's I really like the co overall concept. So it's a bullet hell roguelike uh, where you, wow. you pick a character... And the, the goal is to get to the 
bottom of the gungeon to find a gun that can kill the past. Each character has some <laughs> horrible mistake they've made in their past, and they want to kill their own past with the gun. Hmm. But so, <laughs> according to, get- to Back to the Future, that would then erase them from existence. Yeah, this isn't following Back to the Future time travel rules. This is following um, Enter the Gungeon, you can shoot time rules. <laughs> you can well, kill okay. the past. And that also confuses me, because you're talking about, like, the gun kills time, but they're trying to stop themselves from making a past mistake. So are they killing time, or are they, like, opening a portal in time and killing their previous self? Don't think about it too hard, David. No, I'm going to. No, you shouldn't. David, the enemies are all forms of bullets that shoot at you. Well, yeah, it's a bullet hell. No, 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 I mean... The enemies are literal bullets that walk around and shoot you with their own guns. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Uh, one of the final bosses, the dragon, is a dragon made of guns. Like, it's it's really I'm, ridiculous. I'm into that. So it's America. <laughs> yeah. It's America yeah. the game. Right. Jeez. Now, is it like a giant gun shaped like a dragon or a dragon like literally pieced together by guns? Yeah, no, it's like it looks like a pile of guns in the shape of a dragon. In the shape of a dragon? Like, okay, like that's Devastator pretty fucking awesome. Transformers, but it's guns and it's a dragon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> and it sucks, it, you know, even in, in spite of everything. You know, living in uh, this country of, uh, of a bullet hell. That many guns turned into a dragon sounds pretty goddamn cool. Like, yeah. no denying it. It's, uh, there's something undeniable about a dragon made of guns. <sighs> Maybe probably because so, yeah. of the, the fantasy element of it, rather than the horrifying reality parts of it. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's definitely the fantasy element of it. Like, if it was a bunch of guns that formed an elephant, that wouldn't be nearly as cool. Right. Because, like, it's like, really, anything forming a dragon would be cool. Like, could you imagine, like, a dragon made of, like, fried chicken? That'd still be pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Like, it would. You know. A dragon made of mayo? Yeah, there you go. No, that's <laughs> way less badass. I'm sorry. Hold yeah, on. But it's no, still sorry. badass. Mayonnaise still a dragon? dragon? <laughs> you know, no, I'm not sure about that. Do you <laughs> defeat it by just putting it between a couple slices of bread? Right, <laughs> yeah. Some beef there? Well, see, here's my thing. Like, how cool, is, how cool is mayonnaise? Not very cool. How cool is mayonnaise in the shape of a dragon? Okay, well, now we're getting somewhere. It's cool. Yeah. Do, do you have to whip it? Um, it would you have I to? Would you defeat the dragon by putting it? That would be it, a miracle. Would you be? Would you, <laughs> uh, thanks, Jesse, for finishing Hell, that man. joke. Hell, um, <laughs> man. Man, yeah. David, if you weren't king, you would definitely be a duke. <laughs> According to the uh, you know, the mayonnaise advertising council, would you defeat the like ma- uh, mayonnaise dragon by just putting it on a bunch of inappropriate food items? Like, have you seen those ads where they're putting mayonnaise on things? Like, it's you know the miracle fucking food product. Tell me, I'm not the only one that's seen these mayonnaise commercials. I have, I have not. I have not seen this. I'm oh my god! Sadly, not subscribed to the mayonnaise council. It's the worst ad ever. It's like people are like struggling on what to make for dinner or whatever, and they look in the fridge it's like, oh, I've got mayonnaise. So you know that's a start. And you know it's like the first one they like smear mayonnaise on some bread and make a nice sandwich. I'm like, all right, I'm following you. But then okay. like somebody's like, oh, I've got leftover fajitas. Throw a dollop of mayonnaise on it. Like, that's not oh, what? the worst. Yes, it is. Who the <laughs> fuck puts mayonnaise on fajitas? I mean, I mean, I don't. But, <laughs> but it's like, you know, 
madness. If you were on a desert island. And then, like, like somebody years. was doing, they were like, they were like stirring <laughs> up a nice, like, uh, like a pasta, like a pesto pasta with some veggies and shit. And then they fucking dollop it with mayonnaise. I'm like, what is this fucking insanity I'm seeing? I mean, like, really, ugh. it's just an egg and olive oil. And you put olive oil on pasta. Not always. But, um, you know. <laughs> and also not eggs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's mayonnaise. It's not, all, it's not oil. It's, you know, no. <laughs> Just, no, I think, wrong, Jesse, I think Jesse's onto something. You're just making a pesto carbonara at that point. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, the it's, mix. it's not that big of a deal. Like, so <laughs> big mayonnaise got to you guys too. Huh? No, like, I'm you just imagining the end weird of the commercial being somebody with like those Tostito scoops, just scooping mayonnaise and eating it. Yeah, like, exactly. Like you <laughs> said, weird foods, and I was expecting it was like, oh, this guy put mayonnaise on his pop tarts, or, or, or oh, instead of using milk, use mayonnaise for your cereal. You know, I thought. I I just don't think I don't think mayonnaise does to leftovers like, what mayonnaise wants you to think happens to leftovers. Like who the fuck like pulls out some fajitas and throws mayonnaise on them? And it's like, all right, that's dinner. Like it's fucked. All right, that's it, John. For your birthday, I'm sending you a dozen cupcakes iced with mayonnaise. Yes. Oh no, yeah. that sounds awful. Yeah. At least at, at least then you get the prank aspect to it. Yeah. If you if you take me out for my birthday to a Mexican restaurant, you order me fajitas, and then you just dump a jar of mayonnaise on top of it. We're just gonna fight. Like. God, anyway, a, t- a Twinkie full mayonnaise. You see what you did, David? You brought up the worst dragon. Um. I mean, I feel like there are worse dragons than the mayo dragon. No. Name one. <laughs> I mean, a dragon, dragon made out of dog shit. Not nah. very good. Well, it that makes sense. That's kind of funny, at least. It's vile and villainous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I like. I feel like the way you defeat the mayonnaise dragon is you just leave it in the sun and turn it into special sauce. Or you <laughs> That's all you gotta do. Use a blue plate on it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, Johnny, this is your fucking game. Yeah. Um, continue. You could have stopped this at literally any time. Well, no, nope. he wasn't going to get me off my mayonnaise box. Um. <laughs> so, this is, uh, like I said, Bullet Hell Roguelike. It, it's a lot of fun. Uh, as you know, I love roguelikes. I love having games with that sort of replay value of it just always being different and me not having to memorize a whole lot of, like, areas, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the enemies are hysterical. Like I said, they're all various kinds of like bullets or technically cartridges, whatever. But you know, you know what I mean. Um, and the uh, fun, fun bosses, fun secret areas. Um, it, like you, everything is guns. Like your currency is bullets. <laughs> like you, you collect bullets and trade them in at the shop to buy things. So like everything is guns or bullets in this game. It's it's kind of ridiculous, and I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, except for the uh, whole being a roguelike and being a bullet hell. Like, no, neither of those sound good to me. <laughs> yeah, this, uh. this game's been on my radar for a long time, but I have not yet bought or played it. Mainly because I was like, bullet hell? Well, I had fun with, like, Ikaruga, and then I got to roguelike. So I'm like, ah, no. This is, this is truly one of those games where I am fine to watch somebody who's very good at it play it on something like Twitch. And it's like, wow, yeah, that's really impressive. And I can tell that that's impressive. Good for them for being very good at this game. I don't want to play that at all. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the humor and the funniness of, you know, of everything being bullets and it being, you know, just totally crazy gun-themed and wacky. But, like, 
man, the playing of this game sounds unappealing to me. <laughs> that's that's just that's my personal, uh, you know, I, I, that's what I was trying to circle back to all that time uh, before we start talking about mayonnaise. It's like, wait, no, there's something I hate worse than mayonnaise: bullet hells. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> They, they do have a sequel that looks interesting, a bullet hell platform game called Exit the Gungeon. That's a, a sequel where you're trying to get out of the gungeon uh, via platforming. Huh. Well, like, everyone is just shooting at you constantly? I believe so. I didn't look too much into the Exit okay. the Gungeon, to be honest, but if, if the roguelike part isn't your cup of tea, maybe a platformer would be uh, more appropriate. A bullet hell I mean, platformer. I can see that working because at that point it's just pattern recognition platforming but if you, if it's a fucking roguelike platforming game, like if the platforms are in different places and you can't really memorize like where you need to kind of get your momentum and where you need to stop I can see that being really frustrating as well. <laughs> God, could you oh, imagine man. a platformer where it just generates like a mile long gap you can't jump over? Oh, wait, guys, I think Exit the Gungeon is also a roguelike. <laughs> God damn it, Johnny. This is the platformer instead. <laughs> what do you well, know? Okay, I'm going to go back to my other point. Can you imagine playing a platformer where it just procedurally generates a mile-long gap you can't jump across? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know. Are there bullets in the gap? The gap is actually bullets. Oh. It's not a gap at all. Hmm. So all bullets, right? You gotta know how to. Instead know how to of cross saying the "mind the gap," they say hmm. "mind the gap." No, I still sound. It still sounds like something I hate. But um, <laughs> no, I don't know. You know, I got nothing really bad to say about Into the Gungeon, but it's not my cup of tea. It's uh, you know, super not my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I think it's cool. I think it's a neat idea, a neat game. I can't wait to actually play it. Game two. Wait. <laughs> <laughs>
right, guys. So the titular character of this game was 57 years old at the time of the game's 1993 release. feeling great <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, Jesse says super Oliver twist sadly incorrect Johnny says 1010 the game also sadly incorrect David says baby boomer golf simulator he's very very close but sadly incorrect No, David, this is uh, more specific than Baby Boomer Golf Simulator. This is a celebrity-endorsed game for the Sega Genesis. This is Chi-Chi's Pro Challenge Golf. Oh, fuck you. I'm close enough. No, you're not. <laughs> you know, you fucking gotta say the name of the golfer to get a fucking point on this show, baby. It could have been Lee Trevino's Fighting Golf, but no. It's Chi-Chi Rodriguez's Pro Challenge Golf. And, uh, man, oh man, what a game. Uh, I, I, I miss Chi-Chi Rodriguez. Uh, I looked it up uh, prior to the show. Still alive. Oh, good. <laughs> I was yes. about to say R.E.P. We miss you every day. 87 <laughs> years old. <laughs> is he still uh, playing on the Champions Tour? He is. God, he is the <laughs> top money earner on the tour. He's got 16 straight wins. It's crazy. <laughs> um, no, no, he's not. <laughs> um, but uh, Chi-Chi Rodriguez is cool, and so is Chi-Chi's Pro Challenge Golf on the Genesis. Because um, Chi-Chi Rodriguez, being a 57-year-old titular character of a video game, I would say one of the older titular characters in video games at the time of this game's release. Um, but does he look old? Yes. Okay. Look at the look at the cover of the game and tell me that man doesn't look all of fifty seven. How old was uh was it Tony Lasorda? Tommy Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda. Um How old pretty is he? fucking old, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Uh, somebody's gonna have to look up when Tommy Lasorda baseball came out and how old Tommy Lasorda is or was uh, rest in peace um cause you know I, I say he's old I, I've realized I haven't got a bad barometer for how old fucking people were ages ago like Tommy Lasorda could've been in his fucking 40s he just looked like you know a dude who spent his whole life in the sun coaching a baseball team you know by my assessment he was always at least in his mid 60s I don't know Chichi Rodriguez, eh, you know, a perfectly fine-looking little Puerto Rican guy. 
Um, <laughs> what, what I like about this game is th this game came out like he had been on the senior tour for like eight years at this point. Like 57. He... <laughs> 50 fucking seven, John. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I feel like that'd be like putting out like, um, you know, a golf game now uh, and having, uh, oh crap, who's somebody who's been on the senior tour for a while? VJ um, Sings Pro Challenge <laughs> Golf. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it'd be ridiculous. Yeah. I would love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, not mention that it's like a legends golf game or whatever. No, it's you know it's VJ Singh. Like yeah, everybody knows that hot fucking major championship winner VJ Singh, right? Like yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, why that game? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's really funny because I mean all these games were back in the day like this, and like I said, Lee Trevino's fighting golf. They're just golf games that people uh, made in Japan, and then they thought they would be marketed better with a uh, celebrity over here in America. So, throw Chi-Chi on it, I don't know. <laughs> Good call. Um, this one does have Chi-Chi's likeness in the game. You know, the, the game itself, it's uh, not very awesome to play. It's got actually, it's kind of more in line with like modern golf games than you might expect. Like, you're seeing your character from the back, and you're kind of, you know, shifting your view and your perspective, and, like, the, you know, where you're looking on screen reflects that, and you gotta compensate for the wind, and it's got a pretty simple power meter. Uh, it's not like, uh, like the Mario Golf games where you gotta go, like, out, back, and, you know, in again or whatever. Uh, it's just like, alright, try to hit it with X amount of power. Good. Um... And yeah, you can play as Chi-Chi or a couple of other, uh, like, nameless golfer guys. There's a couple of courses. Um, <laughs> you the... can play as Chi-Chi or a couple other, like, nameless golfers. That reminds me of picking up Mario Golf, like, why the fuck would I play as Charlie? Yes. No, I want to play as Luigi. You've made a mistake, <laughs> you know, putting Plum in this game. Um, you know what they should have yeah. done? They should have put hmm. Chi-Chi into, into Mario Golf. No shit. If there was just a little guy named Chi-Chi in Mario Golf, I would have known exactly who they were referring to, and I would have played as him, even after unlocking the Mario characters. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so the uh, the golf, like the... I, I don't remember what the official term is for uh, hitting the ball from the tee or the fairway versus the, the green. Um, but everything I believe but it's the, called a stroke. Everything but the putting in this game is actually pretty good. Uh, like, you know, shooting your ball, you know, shooting your shot from the tee or from the fairway, it all kind of makes sense and is logical and like, you know, pretty, like I said, kind of in line with modern games. It's once you get on the putting green, everything gets all fucked up and it's all wrong. Like they didn't really figure out how to putt. Like they couldn't really, it was on the Genesis. So, you know, there was no like sprite scaling and the perspectives were all wrong. So it's like, you know, you're just up against like a fixed image of a green and you're trying to putt towards a hole. And they give you like a little like dot indicator that you can like bend and nothing makes sense. You try to hit a shot, you know, you try to, you know, you try to do it Lee Carvalho style. It's like, you know, I suggest feather touch. You try to do like a little feather touch, you shoot it 10 yards past the fucking hole. It's like 10 yards. What the fuck? <laughs> like, it it did sounds I like, did I select power drive? <laughs> it sounds like they ignored the, the old wisdom of drive for show, putt for dough. No they, shit. They focused too much on the driving part of the game and yeah. really fucked up on the putting part of the game. Right. Which is where I you mean, make your money. Because, like, the driving, it, like, you know, it, like I said, it's 
you know, you're aiming your shot, you're dealing with the wind, it even brings up a little window to show you, like, the trajectory of the shot, so you'll know if you're actually gonna, like, shoot over a tree, you know, that kind of shit. Uh, but then, yeah, the putting just fucking sucks. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really too bad. Because I, uh, I think Chi-Chi deserves a better golf game than this. It's, uh, it's unfortunate that he would lend his name to such a shoddy Genesis product. Um... But, I don't know, man. It's not like Chichi Rodriguez ever again lended his name to some sort of shoddy product. <laughs> David knows what I'm talking about, doesn't he? I have no idea what you're talking about. No, David, you don't remember? You don't remember what Chichi Rodriguez used to be on TV hawking? Like, you know, in commercials in between, you know, uh, fucking little bits of Comedy Central? No. You don't remember the Chichi Rodriguez power wristbands? No. What, what, oh those, like, God. balanced wristbands? Or yeah. is that something else? Oh, my. No, that was him? Yeah, Chichi Rodriguez was selling, like, copper wristbands that would make you great at everything. Oh, <laughs> Chichi, no. Fuck yeah. Good for him, man. <laughs> oh, I can't believe David's forgotten the glorious Chichi Rodriguez and his fucking power wristbands. <laughs> Can we God. please add to the soundboard Johnny saying, Oh, Chichi, no. <laughs> Johnny's the one here who worked for the PGA Tour. He knows Chi-Chi personally. So it's oh. you know, really embarrassing for him to learn this, that you know, Chi-Chi was a huckster at some point. It kind of uh, makes sense, man, because I can't tell you how many times Chi-Chi would come in and take the last cup of coffee and not brew a new pot. Like, it was such a, a dick move. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He was wearing those copper wristbands. It gave him just unlimited big dick energy. <laughs> so he'd just walk in with those copper bands on, drink all your coffee, throw the rest in your face. <laughs> like, what are you going to do Maybe about that's- why, maybe that's why I don't remember those ads. I never needed that product. Yeah, exactly. Uh, David literally has no need for a power wristband. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, Chi-Chi's cool. Uh, this game, uh, so you know the way it fits the theme. Uh, Chi-Chi Rodriguez is old. The game looks old as fuck anyway. Uh, it, it meets the qualifications. There's zero reading in the game. Um, you, uh, you know, like when you make a shot, it'll uh, tell you if you land on the fairway or on the green, it'll give you like a nice, like a, like a cursive font. It's a very vacation vibe. It's got a good, good fucking vibe. The tunes are good. Uh, you know, not, uh, not long loops, um, but really good kind of golfing tunes. You know, it picks up the, a little bit when you're putting, but like besides that, it's just like, oh yeah, this is, you know, 16 bit country club vibe. I like it. I'm impressed they let they let Chi-Chi in here. This is good. Um, it's uh, it's fun, man. If they could fix... Uh, seriously, I think somebody needs to go back and take every little bit of this and fix the putting. And then you got fucking, like, you know, Chi-Chi uh, Power Challenge 2. Uh, I think it could be a really good fucking game. Like, you know, there's plenty of these dumb little retro golf games happening right now. These golf stories and shit on Switch. You know, people play old-style golf games. Like... That's more of a Yes, but it's still... It's based on... You know, it's... They took Chi-Chi's Power Challenge and made it an RPG. Like... Here's uh, my question. These kind of, like, old-school retro golf games, they could never get the putting right. So why don't they just make a driving range game? Well, Where you literally, well, like... It's golf without putting. Well, so the, <laughs> the thing about a driving range, David, is that it never changes. Yeah. Right? 
like when you play a golf game, each hole has a different part of the course you're on, and you're trying to. Uh, I also go I think what David curve. might be suggesting is like a top golf game, which Ooh. you know could theoretically be kind of fun. Like you're just kind of aiming at like general targets, trying to you know do closest to the pin type shit. But yeah, a little mini games kind of thing. That would that, you could that do. would wear itself out as a as a game, like a, especially as a video game, pretty quickly. Like that would be worth less than the cost of a rental now, if you all you did I, was try to drive into targets. <laughs> you know what I would like is my favorite feature of NFL Blitz is um, if you go for the point after touchdown, you just automatically get it right. Yes, they could apply that concept to this. Once you get on the green. You just sink it with the next putt. It doesn't even make you do it. Oh, no, there should absolutely be a, like, within three feet of the whole tap-in option for sure. Like, you know, even ma- you should make people do an approach shot, but then it's like, all right, yeah, yeah fine, fuck it, we're done here. <laughs> like, you don't need to fuck this up. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I uh, I like it, man. I like the vibe, I like the look, I like Chi-Chi. Yeah, I thought, Johnny, when you said your favorite part of NFL Blitz was the, you know, automatic point after, I thought you were going to suggest a golf game in which everybody beats the shit out of each other. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, no, I would, like, I would like a golf, uh, physical combat-based golf roguelike yes. where it's randomly generated courses. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a game, I don't know if it exactly fits your specifications, but on the um, Atari 5200, there was a game called Ninja Golf. And mm. so basically you were a ninja and you would drive the ball and then you would go to where your ball was, but you would have to fight off ninjas to Word. get to your ball. And so then it turns into a beat 'em up. Okay. And that's so dope. then and then after you beat up the, the uh, ninjas you get to your ball and you know, try to get it closer to the hole and stuff. Right. Um, it's yeah, I think somewhere in between that and this is a uh, is a really good game, man. If you could get Chi Chi in there, you know, like Chi Chi Gaiden, Ninja Golf, you know, Chi Chi Gaiden, uh, then I think we got something. But um, yeah, also David, uh, you know, I, I'm deferring to you on this one. Did you play uh, Mario Golf Super Rush? That's the Switch one, right? Yeah, I did not. Oh shit. Because I know they have the, like, run to your ball and hit it again thing, and I couldn't remember if you can actually, like, beat up your fellow golfers in that. Because it seems like Nintendo tried to take that approach, and uh, I support it. Super Smash Golf. I don't think you can, like, beat them up, but if you use, like, your special move to, like, run, you can kind of knock people out of the way. Ah, okay. But it's not like a fight. Yeah, that game also has the utterly frustrating thing of uh, if you hit your power shot and it like lands on the green, it'll knock other people's balls away. Uh, they did too much to Mario Golf. I'm not going to play that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so a game in which you get to play as a famous golfer beating up ninjas and or his fellow golfers uh, without resorting to trick shot cheapery. That is a game that I would like to play. Guys, we need to work on that. Johnny, do you still have your context of the PGA Tour? Uh, some, yes. <laughs> who can you uh, who can you get us in touch with? <laughs> I'll get us a licensing deal. Um, I think I can get us probably um, uh, probably Ricky Fowler. I could probably get him on board. Okay. Has he done anything recently? I have no idea, Johnny. Uh, you know. Careful who, you, careful who you name. They might be playing in Saudi Arabia now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just going to throw it out there in terms of, like, golfers that put their names on products. Can we get Arnold Palmer? 
Yes, David, get the shovels. <laughs> yeah, I'm so thirsty now. Yeah, actually, I'm sorry. Before we go, let's just take it to the boozy route. Johnny, call John Daly. Uh, John mm. Daly's GTT uh, fucking beat 'em up challenge. Shit, he's game perfect. Oh my god, yes. American made. <laughs> Oh, you could customize his look with his loudmouth pants thing, you know? Yes. Oh, my C- God. Cigarettes are your power-ups. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, for your bonus shot, you could just hit a ball that's still moving and get disqualified from an event. <laughs> it's good. <sighs> mm. Game three. Love John Daly.
okay, so in this game, there are several bathrooms in the game where you can... <laughs> Sorry, that's freaking Jaeger boobs. <laughs> so, so Even this in. <laughs> uh, it's like Pacific Rim. Um, <laughs> there, Gotta drip some... those titties. <laughs> yeah. Marco, oh. let me see your titties. <laughs> Are your titties stripped compatible? Yeah. <laughs> Don't get that acid spit on your titties. Yeah. <laughs> so there are several bathrooms in this game where you can find gems. Um, some are found actually in the toilets. And in fact, there is one bathroom where you find a needed an item that's needed for progress. And some bathrooms have enemies in them. Johnny says John Daly's Jaeger Challenge. That's incorrect. And uh, David and John have the correct answer with Eichenfell. Um, this came from the Discord and the uh, the Fediverse um, uh, from Kerrigan. Um, she requested this game um, because uh, it has a very, like, pixely art style, and it's an action RPG. Or, no, actually, it's a turn-based tactical RPG. It's mm. it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, so there's a lot of reading. Um, and it seems like a pretty neat game. Um, I just watched some clips of it, and, and um, I didn't realize the music is done by the people who do Steven Universe music, which is pretty cool. I was gonna say, listening to it, like it definitely has a a Steven Universe vibe to it. 
Especially because, like... So a cool thing about Steven Universe was, like, every main character had their own instrument, and Steven's was specifically chiptune, so there was a lot of chiptune music in that show. That was um, cool. So listening to the soundtrack, I was like, this sounds like... <clears throat> huh. Yep. Yeah, definitely some bops. Yeah, it's real good. Um, let's see, there's something else I... Oh, so basically it's about, like, uh, you go to this magic school and you're looking for your sister and stuff. Um, it's got a very big um, uh, focus on LGBTQ characters, um, so that's really neat. That um, also tracks with the Steven Universe. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> on brand so far. It's, it's, it's a game that's been kind of on my radar for a while that I, I wish I had have actually played, but I uh, I still have not gotten a chance. Um, let's see. Damn, I was gonna ask you because the more that I learn about this game, the more I want to play it. But there's one big word that's stopping me, which is tactical. So and I wanted to see like how tactical is this game? From the videos I look, I watched. Um, it didn't it, like. It's tactical in that uh, you're like moving your characters like uh, on like a it looks like a side scrolly thing, and then there's like a say like a three by uh, like twenty grid, and so like you just bounce around this little grid area, moving your characters around and attacking, and it's it's fairly simple. Um, uh, one thing you will like though, David, and a lot of other people. It's got the whole uh, Mario and Luigi combat as far as uh, you can, uh, whenever you attack, you can hit the button again right before you hit to do extra damage. Mm. Um, if you're being being attacked, you can hit the button right before you get attacked to take less damage. So it's got that cool uh, little hook to it, too. Um, the battle animations look pretty cool. And, like, it's not like... Like, when they say tactical RPG, like, I know you're thinking, like, this big giant map and, like, Fire Emblem and shit, but it, no, it's it's not like that. It's it, it, it's more akin to a, just a turn-based uh, RPG where you get to move your character. How's that? Okay. That's, that's manageable. Sounds playable, yeah. Uh, especially if there's, like, Mario RPG timing elements and queer things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um very into this now. I was going to say, you've said tactical RPG, but you haven't said strategy yet. I feel like once you try to bring strategy into it, then it gets complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can move around and be an RPG all you want, but you know, once I have to think about it, we've got a problem. I, you know, I just want to choose commands out of a menu and do them. You know. That's but if like I choose commands just... out of a menu while also moving three feet to my left. Yes. That's okay. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that's so cool. I mean, David, you gotta... you know, I know you haven't played it, but, like, you should think about Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> man, oh, man, does it do that. Like, the joy of moving just a little bit and doing a couple of actions and then choosing a command out of a menu. It's never felt or looked better. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this is this game is, is neat. I 
How does this I'd game compare this. to Final Fantasy VII Remake? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. 1A and 1B? <laughs> so... Johnny. I'm setting the bar high, man. Uh, Johnny, come on. Johnny oh. doesn't understand timing. That's why he's not a tactical RPG player. Uh, uh, hold on. Space! No, you fool! All right. Johnny's got it. Game three. Oh, wait, oh, wait. no, Jesse, thank no! you, Requester, again. <laughs> Th uh, thank you, Kerrigan. Um, and uh, I read your write-up on... Uh, Let's see, was it Club? Is it GameThatTune.club? It's a, a fancy uh, social media system that uh, Johnny created by himself. I, I like how you say our social media thing with such confusion. <laughs> Why don't you... You're selling this product right now, Jesse. <laughs> I mean, it's a great product. Like, yeah, don't get, get me wrong. Get off Twitter, get on the Fedifers at GameThatTune.club. Yes. Yeah, March Madness going on right now. Go vote. Huh? Game Great. four.
so um this sequel is essentially a a remastered remade version of the original game with enhancements including greater roles for women and people of color So who's got some answers? <sighs> Jesse says War and Peace DS. Sadly incorrect. John Harrington says some edutainment shit. Close, but not close enough. Uh, John Regan has the correct answer. This is the Oregon Trail 2. What? Oregon hey, if Trail you're not going to give me Chi-Chi Rodriguez, I'm not giving you Oregon Trail 2. Well, I'm not asking for the point. I you know, forgot there was an Oregon Trail 2. Oh, yeah, the second Oregon Trail. Shut up! <laughs> so, actually, um, this game was eventually, like, partially re-released in 2001 as the Oregon Trail 4th edition. Like, they just kept making more versions of Oregon Trail each one improving on the last, but um, I thought about old games, I thought about text-based games, I immediately jumped to the Oregon Trail, and Oregon Trail 2 was the soundtrack that I could find. Yes, wow. So that's what we're talking about. Man, yeah, David, well, you, you should have mentioned that uh, there was a version of this game released as part of the 25th anniversary celebration of the original game. The 25th anniversary edition of Oregon Trail 2 was released in 1996. (laughs) 
Yeah, I didn't realize that Oregon Trail was originally from the 70s. Oh, yes. And it was like purely text-based. Yeah, my father played the Oregon Trail in college. <laughs> what the <God>. fuck? <laughs> At trade school, he was learning cabinets. Why was he playing Oregon Trail? <laughs> so, this is one of those games that I feel like Everybody has played at some point because, at least in our age range, Not every Oregon has played Trail it. Two, motherfucker! What are you talking about? <laughs> every Oregon Trail game is basically the same. The point that I'm getting at is it's two. I just I imagine setting up the Oregon Trail series kind of like the Hangover movies, like Oregon Trail One. You take the Oregon Trail, but Oregon Trail Two, you're in Thailand this time. <laughs> Yeah, then Oregon Trail right. 3, you're back in Oregon again. That's what's so funny about the idea, the very idea of the Oregon Trail, too. It's like, well, wait, what trail are they on this time? <laughs> the Oregon Trail again. I mean, there's more than one trail to Oregon. Oh, not shit, based I on the title of the first game, there's not. <laughs> Oregon Trail 2 is like, we gotta go back. Yeah. <laughs> Marty! <laughs> yeah, and then you get to Oregon Trail 3 where you're in the Old West for some... Wait, no, yeah. that doesn't make sense. <laughs> You gotta come back with me. <laughs> it's your kids. They're dying of dysentery, Marty. <laughs> you know, Oregon Trail 2, when Donald Trump kind of becomes, like, ruler of the town. Yeah. God, if there was an Oregon Trail game that took place in the not-too-distant future of 2015, <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty crazy. I would, I would love to play a modern Oregon Trail where you're, like, navigating the airport getting onto a plane <laughs> or even and then like three hours game. later you're in Oregon I mean honestly a modern Oregon trail would be kind of a hoot like you'd just be spending a lot of time on freeways going through fucking you know nowhere and not stopping for uh, for any good reason but like yeah it'd still be yeah you know, there's edutainment to be had man <laughs> Instead of <laughs> instead of stopping to go hunting for food, you stop at like tourist traps. Zach's place. The thing is, is you still have to use like a covered wagon and stuff, mm. and and like cars are honking at you the whole time. <laughs> you get pulled over by the police. They're like, "What are you doing? You can't yeah. do this." And... I'm Oregon trailing. Oh right, you people. We have, we have a minimum speed limit. I'm sorry, my oxen can only go so fast. Yeah, I have them at a grueling pace, officer. They're dying. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> oh, man. So um, you can actually find um, versions of this game online. and I'm sure it's I, freeware at this point. It came out 50 years ago. <laughs> I, um, I did actually spend some time with this, because... I remember playing Oregon Trail and Oregon Trail 2, because John's a stickler, uh, when I was a kid. Yeah, get it right. And pretty much all I remembered was, like, okay, let's buy enough stuff to go hunting, because that was the most, like, game thing in the game. Yes. And that's what I want to do. Bullets, bullets, bullets. It was kind of like the Gungeon Trail. <laughs> 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 but actually going back and playing this game how it's supposed to be played, like... Mm. There's a lot of challenge to this game, because, like, you have to do resource management. You have to, like, get medicine when somebody gets sick. You have to raft down the Columbia River. It's like, Hell yeah. This game's a lot more involved than I remember it being, but I also remember one single, like, tenth of this game. I mean, I, I have vivid memories of, you know, much of Oregon Trail. Like, 
you know, you always want to pay the Indian to help you for like to help you float across the river. Seldom does that fail you. You know, never attempt to ford that river. You know, stuff your wagon and try and like float it yourself. No, it's all gonna go wrong. Um, My primary memory yeah. of Oregon the main Trail crux is of it for me when I was a kid was you knew someone was gonna die, and. What you want to do is come up with a really silly tombstone for him. <laughs> like here, that was here lies the entire point. Here lies penis. Yeah. No, well, no. I mean, no. You didn't. You know, you were in school, Johnny. You'd get suspended if you named your character Penis in the Oregon Trail. Uh, but here like, lies phallus. <laughs> did, you, did you spell Phyllis wrong? Yes, Miss Miss Phyllis. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know, uh, the humor level uh, on play uh, in play in elementary school was basically if someone died, you you put on their tombstone sausage and pepperoni. That's the rules. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're nothing if not marketed to at that time. Um, now, my my primary memory of Oregon Trail is playing that hunting game and being told at the end, like using all my bullets. Yeah. And finding out that I've shot about 3,000 pounds worth of meat, but I can only put about 200 on the cart. Like, oh no! <laughs> there really needed to be a more sobering lesson for when you're doing that hunting game. Like, I killed eight buffalo. It's like, alright, you killed 16,000 pounds of meat. You can keep 200. Like, huh. Can I buy another wagon for all my meat? <laughs> like, yeah, this doesn't feel right. It, wait a minute. Is this I ask I'm... myself that question every day. <laughs> Is this because I'm white? You're not going to let me use the whole buffalo? <laughs> like, this, this is fucked up, man. Like, I want all of the buffalo meat. Load it up. <laughs> but no, no, no. They just make you leave it there in the middle of the plains. Fucking chimney rocks right over there, just surrounded by buffalo carcasses with a couple little fillets <laughs> taken out. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up, man. <laughs> if there was a native that came by and cried after that, it, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> oh, God. Now, Johnny, were you talking the old hunting game before, like, uh, a mouse became a standard piece of equipment for a computer? Like, where you had to, yeah. you know, do it with the keyboard? Or are you talking, like, the more 90s Apple version where you actually got to click and shoot things? Oh, I'm talking with the keyboard. Jesus Christ, we're old. <laughs> I was going to say, there were two versions. It was, it was in the original where you, like, you saw your dude in the middle of the screen and could, like, move and point and shoot. I think it was actually Oregon Trail 2 where you got, like, a first-person POV nope. and the mouse was your reticle. That was just an updated version of Oregon Trail, David. Again, no one has played Oregon Trail 2. That's what Oregon Trail 2 is. Nope. No, no, this is a sequel. It's a continuation of the story. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking of just the, the you know Oregon Trail third version or whatever you're talking about. The continuing the Oregon Trail out into the Pacific. <laughs> Keep going, All guys. Way, next stop, Hawaii. Oregon Trail 2, Manifest Destiny, baby. <laughs> God, could you imagine an Oregon Trail story that continues on, but you go through Alaska, through the Bering Straits, and yes. now you're exploring Siberia? Across the land bridge into Russia. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Oregon good, Trail, Shanghai. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um... Yeah, man. Nah, uh, you know, it's funny, David. I thought you picked this because you had more specific stuff about Oregon Trail too. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. It might be, you know, there was a time when Game That Tune and GTT Radio were 
on Twitch that I was watching a lot more Twitch content. I was trying to interact with people and streamers and market ourselves. Not really market, but I like connect with people and I'd have some nice interactions with people. I think my most pathetic watch on Twitch was someone playing Oregon Trail 2. <laughs> it's simply not engaging to watch someone play this game. Um, and yet, <laughs> like, at some point after like a night of game that tune, I was sitting on the couch, you know, having a drink, and I'm like, well, I can't resist that. That's, uh, you know, a good-looking woman playing Oregon Trail 2 for some reason. Fine, I'm game. And, um, yeah, man, the things that site would make you, would convince you were worth watching. Things like getting that too. <laughs> you know, Stay it's... tuned after the show. We're going to yeah. do a takeover of GTT Radio and stream Oregon Trail 2. Mm-hmm. Man, we haven't done a Twitch raid in a while, guys. You think we can find somebody right now streaming Oregon Trail 2? <laughs> do you think it's the same woman I saw three years ago? <laughs> See, the think... funny thing is, you say, like, it's not very interesting, but they made conscious efforts in Oregon Trail 2. Anytime there was an event or something happened, like there was a sickness, you were presented with a choice, so... Mm. This game is much more interactive and video gamey than the original Oregon Trail. Yes. Which does not make it an engaging game to watch another person play on an internet streaming service. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm not, uh, not saying it. You know, it's like you know, I, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum because I watched that shit for a couple hours. But it's like, man, look at back. Why did I watch someone play this? <laughs> like, and then I realized it was it did kind of harken back to back in the day of uh, being at you know in elementary school. And there only being a limited number of computers, sometimes you just kind of looked over somebody's shoulder while they were doing something. You guys all had a laugh at Oregon Trail when the wagon tipped over and you lost all your oxen. Like, you know, it, it, it reminded me of a, of a younger time, a simpler time, <laughs> when we didn't all just have unlimited screens and the greatest games possible. It's like, I'm going to have to get my entertainment a different way. Watching my friends in fifth grade fail at the Oregon Trail. <laughs> Oh, man. Guys, we're quite old. <laughs> Here lies your sister, Phyllis. <laughs> put, put her in your mouth. <laughs> you never took your sister on the Oregon Trail with you, Johnny? Wait a minute, what? I don't, I don't remember what family members you took. you and a spouse and your kids. Your kids are the ones that died, John. Oh, damn it. And See, I remember that was always my favorite part of Oregon Trail was... All the dead kids. <laughs> Well, naming the family after, like, your friends, and then laughing like, Hey, Jesse, you died of dysentery! Ha! That's true, yeah. And then putting sausage and pepperoni on their tombstone. Well, yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, basically. Don't forget the green peppers. Oh, uh, okay, you know, city boy here. Um, yeah, man, David. What a pick. <laughs> I can't wait to download and listen to this soundtrack and edit this episode and put the soundtrack on GTT Radio. We really need a, a nice PC rendition of you know, old Susanna and all these other songs. Like, <laughs> You know, I looked through the soundtrack, there's maybe a dozen original songs and then the rest are just PC quality version of like folk music. Fuck like yeah, man. old 1860s folk songs. It's gonna take its place right next to Where the World is Carmen San Diego and the thing that everybody requests for a couple of days and then mercifully forgets we have on the radio. <laughs> uh, good times, man. 
great times. You know, we'll be we'll be coming around that mountain, baby, and you know we'll all be coming. Um, mm, don't you cry for me, old Susanna. Game <laughs> five. this game, you um, uh, are in a covered wagon heading... No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> no, so this uh, is this is a very historical game. And, um, however, it did get one thing wrong. Uh, maybe a couple things. But one of the more glaring errors 
is um, the town of, uh, how do you pronounce this, Bad Abling, uh, would not have been given that name until the late 19th century, um, during uh, the, the time period that this game supposedly takes place, um, the town would have simply just been called Abling. Johnny says Morgan Trail, the sequel. Se- the sequel to Oregon Trail Two. Okay, that's that's not correct. Uh. <laughs> what is <it>? Oh, <laughs> John Dang. says uh, Baden Bing or Baden Bling. Bada Bling, no, baby. <laughs> Bada Bling. No, that's not it. And David says train crash simulator. That's also incorrect. This is um, Pentiment. Yes, this is. Go ahead, David. I was going to say, I just want everyone to know if you Google bad abling, you'll find that there was a severe train crash in like 2016. Goddamn. It's fascinating. This takes place way before that. Um, This game um, came out last year. It's made by Obsidian. Uh, The people who made like Fallout New Vegas and a bunch of other crazy RPGs. and this game, it, it looks um, just like one of those old uh, European paintings. Um, what do you call it? It's a very specific type of art. Um, like Renaissance art? <laughs> yes. Like, it looks like something you would see like in a church or something back in the day. Um, it's very cool. Hmm. Um, and it's it's basically like you play an artist uh, that is going to uh, this little monastery, and you're supposed to like help uh, create this uh, work of art. And um, while you're there, um, you like get friends with all the people and the stuff, and then people that live there and the church folk, and um, you know you hassle the nuns because they won't like certain books in their library. Um, uh, but, 
Go ahead. So it's kind of at least visually like medieval Cuphead. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, Interesting. There is this fun little uh, uh, quest where the nun, one of the nuns needs you to uh, return some of the books that the, the um, other scribes have been checking out. And one of the, the nuns like walks you like talks about how like how much sin is in all these books and stuff and like it like shows like a like art from those books and then like your little characters show up like the nun shows up in the book and then you show up in the book and uh, the animation is really cool um, one of the things that's really interesting how the game is is when, whenever people are talking like their text bubble is always like different uh based on, I guess, like, their level of, uh, education or where they're brought up. So, like, talk to somebody and, like, their sketch, uh, their, 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 uh, speech bubble gets, like, filled in with, like, cursive writing that's, like, you know, someone wrote on hand. But when you talk to, like, one of the scribes, it looks like, um, it looks like, um, what is it? Like the printing press, like or like like calligraphy, or or like, uh, and sometimes words will get misspelled, and then they get like erased and um, uh, redone and stuff. It's it's very cool how they do it. Like, um, interesting. It looks super cool. His yeah, art really style's kind of next level. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like, this is amazing. I, I'm a huge fan of like Renaissance memes. You know. Uh, yeah. I, I appreciate this style of art of like kind of shitty, but like uh, you know they were trying. Yeah, it's it's the best they could do. Um, and so one of my favorite things about Renaissance art is you'll occasionally have somebody draw a cat, and they've clearly never seen a cat in their lives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, do, do they have that kind of weirdness going on? Like, oh my, yes. So. <laughs> One of my favorite things is, like, someone will say something, and if it's something important to the story, it'll get, like, highlighted, and then you can, like, press, like, the, the select button or whatever, and it'll pull back, and suddenly you're inside of a book, and there's, like, a pointer that looks like a really long finger, like, it's like a Monty Python-esque finger, I would say, and then... It'll lead to like either like a description of that thing, or if it's someone you met, it'll just show their person a person. But there's also a lot of like fun art on the sides around it. Like there was this one picture. It was like a, a cat with like a like some kind of like vase, like uh, like wrapped around the cat, and fire was coming out of the back of the vase. <laughs> like basically like a cat on a jetpack, but a Renaissance jetpack. <laughs> Um, amazing. Like, yeah, it <laughs> sounds uh, amazing. It is like looking at this game is just an absolute delight. Like, yeah, you're gonna read a lot. There's gonna be some um, like weird murder mystery stuff, but like everything else, like they, these people, Obsidian just knocked it out of the park. And um, this game is on Game Pass, and uh, the people at Obsidian were very clear. They said. We could not have made a game like this without Game Pass because, like, your typical gamer 
is going to see this and be like, this doesn't look like a, a shooty, stabby video game. Like, what the fuck? But it being on Game Pass, someone's going to be like, I'll check this out. And, you know, um, be like, whoa, these games with words in them are kind of fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, that is a good argument in, the, in like Game Pass's favor. It's a place to put completely unmarketable <laughs> games. <laughs> like, <laughs> I yeah, really there's... have a follow-up for that. Everybody just kind of okay. felt widely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, no, it's, it's, it's fun. It, that, I, th- I feel like that's the first time on the show of hearing somebody be like, yeah, Game Pass made this possible. Um, I think Obsidian's owned by Microsoft. Yeah, that's oh. the thing. Like, but like, if, if they were just Obsidian out there, they'd just be like, okay, we just gotta keep making our big RPG games. Um, yeah, nobody would ever pay that, us to develop some weird yeah. medieval illustration game. Or would they? Yeah. You know, I couldn't possibly take these fajitas out of the fridge and slap a little mayonnaise on them. Oh, that's <laughs> Or <what>? could I? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Now that's who's bringing up mayonnaise? You know, fuck it, I'm just saying, you know, Obsidian is the delicious fajitas and Microsoft's the mayonnaise. And together they turn uh, nothing into something. We get pentiment. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> well, wait, but the, fita, the fajitas were already fajitas. They were yes, nothing. they were already delicious, but they were yeah. they were unmarketable, Johnny. <laughs> Upsitting was still a good company. Yeah, yeah. so they make great fajitas. <laughs> have you played but, Fallout New Vegas? Mm-hmm. Hot sizzling meat. I have not. <laughs> no. You should. It's great. It's you know it sizzles. Um. But yeah, uh, no, I think it's a, I think it's an apt analogy. You know, David, fuck you. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I like the uh, the clarification. You know, you said, oh, this game looks like Renaissance art. So I, I googled it, expecting to see like beautiful, like <laughs> Renaissance art. And then you know, Kerrigan, thankfully in the chat, uh, put a like a Steam description in there. It says, step into a living illustrated world uh, in a time. And when Europe is in a crossroads of great religious and political change, that's what this art style is. It's like, it's like illustrations from medieval like books and things of the time. Like, yeah, that's it, right. You know, yeah. I like it because yeah. at first I, I was like, wow, that's gonna be fucking like you know Renaissance art. The game, like picturing like some fucking really nice looking, you know, painted stylized art. Oh wait, no. <laughs> you know, this is all how people in the 1400s drew people. It looks like shit, but it looks of that time, and I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> uh, I, and I like, you know, Johnny again asking about, like, you know, like, they have things where clearly people didn't know what they were illustrating. Yes. Good. That's, mm. you know, a selling point in favor of the game. Um, Just paint uh, me on top of a horse. You know what a horse looks like. Oh, of course I do. Yeah. Just like a perfectly round ball with like four <laughs> legs sticking out. <laughs> I got this. Uh, fake till you make it, baby. You know, it's the motto of the Middle Ages. Um, but yeah, no, man, what a cool looking game. Uh, and so also, is all of the dialogue, um, is it in like ye olde English font? Well, the font, yeah, like I said, the, the, the changes based on the person. Like, right. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot you, you mentioned the calligraphy thing. But like, so is, the, like is the default setting ye old English font? <laughs> um, I mean, and, and they do have accessibility options because 
I have had to squint a little bit because sometimes that calligraphy that's super yeah. like detailed, I'm like, mm-hmm. that, I don't, what letter is that? Is that a D or a G or I don't, geez. So you can turn it off. I, I keep it on because I think it's kind of fun. Um, like there's one part in the game where um, this like Duke or whatever, he's like uh, talking down to you kind of like he's he's and like so his, his speech is a certain way. But then when he figures out that your character is kind of educated, he's like, oh, and then like his text completely changes. And like it, it's it's a really uh-huh. neat like thing to like if you're going to be reading a game a bunch to have the text be like you know something to look forward to like oh how's this guy gonna talk or or sometimes there's like this one guy who talks really slow so he writes everything out and then he'll have misspelled a word so then the word gets uh erased and then fixed and it's i don't know it's clever there's like little puzzles and stuff and it's i like it i like it a lot man it's it's a neat neat uh experience and if you like murder mysteries and stuff it's cool they talk about god a lot that's that's kind of weird but you know not in the middle ages it's not that was, I was gonna that say was, it's like for a middle ages game now nah, that that's pretty that, on par that, yeah well, what would you have them talk about <laughs> yeah. i don't know rats goats yeah, yeah that's bubonic plague Pits. huh yeah. <laughs> God damn. Oh, it's not real. It's not a real plague. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can inoculate yourself. Ah, nope. Fake news. <laughs> How come that woman with the cat isn't sick? Because she's a witch! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Those were the days, the Middle Ages. Back in the day when we really believed in plagues. <laughs> Guys, we Love were born in the wrong generation. <laughs> Yep. Damn. I really miss having those wine cooler chats. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, gather around the stockades and just, you know, chat it up a little bit before one of us gets beheaded. Those were, <laughs> those were the days, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. yeah <laughs> picturing us in, like, a King of the Hill situation, but it's all of us in stockades about yeah. these, like, executed. <laughs> That's our life in the Middle Ages, baby. <laughs> or it's crime, just like you decide. <laughs> three of us standing in front of a fence, and then the fourth is just a head on a pike. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what. <laughs> Tell you what. You know, I thought John was pretty cool before, but uh, head on a pike, John is kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he put his head on a old pike. Ah, man. Yeah. Um, they all read all series held in the Spanish Inquisition. Okay, what? <laughs> so, this game, obviously, there's no way it comes out not on Game Pass then, right? Like, if it's an Obsidian joint that's, like, co-funded by Microsoft, like, you've got to get Game Pass to play this. Uh, yeah, well, it's also on Windows. You can get on Windows. Oh, word. Okay, never mind. Cool, yeah, so, cool. Yeah. You can get on Steam. Steamy. Right. So. Gotta appreciate the steam. Cool, man. Um, what a fucking interesting game. Now, so, my actually, that's the question I was trying to get back to. I'm sorry. So, is there actually a lot of reading, or is it difficult to read it because of the fonts? <laughs> no, there's, I mean, that, 
can vary depending on like, your eyesight and stuff. Right. Um, I deal but, with that um, in games with normal fonts. Okay. I mean, I haven't <laughs> had that big of a deal. Like, like I can figure it out based on like context and stuff. So, um, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. I just, yeah. I just kind of noticed that a couple letters are little tricky when the scribes are talking in their fancy talk. Yeah. You know, they have flowery fucking letters back then, man. You yeah, know, God. So. Can you imagine if you went back to the Middle Ages and just introduced them to, like, fucking Helvetica? Like, yeah. <laughs> blow their goddamn minds. No. They'd be like, oh, the, you know, I understand everything now. Work for, you know, we're exiting the Dark Ages. That was easy. <laughs> Can you yeah, I bet they really dig the cool ass. I, see, I, I, I worry, though, that, like, yeah, you know, you'd go back there and be like, all right, hi, Middle Ages, pick a font. They'd all choose Comic Sans, wouldn't they? Like, <laughs> wingdings. You know, or, you know, I mean, they would just be drawn to wingdings because it'd be like, oh, that, you know, that's, uh, you know, like the, the ancient Egyptians. You know, we never understood their bird pictures, but I like this thing where you can press the letter M and it draws an airplane. I'll take that font. <laughs> no, you idiot. <laughs> You just address the entirety of Western civilization in a period of like 300 years with, all right, Middle Ages. <laughs> Guys, I'm here. We need to get a font agreement here. <laughs> Hello. What I like it's- more is that you make the Middle Ages talk like a 1940s movie. <laughs> hey, I really like this wing dang font. Yeah. Wow, that's swell. I, I was talking to the delegate from the fucking you know, Middle Ages. Like, the Middle Ages had to select one person to uh, to choose fonts for this upcoming project. Um, Clearly, it was the person from the 1440s. Yes. God, though, I, I, I'm, I'm imagining, um, what if we never stopped with the super ornate things? Like, what if you're in elementary school and you're writing a paper and you get doctored not being ornate enough? Right, yeah, I'm sorry, you didn't ink your quill enough. It's, uh, you know. If I had a nickel. Yeah. I'm sorry, but this drawing of a cat looks too much like a cat. It's obvious you've seen a cat. Yeah, I don't like it. Draw <laughs> something you haven't seen, please. <laughs> I'm not going to take that bait. Um... <laughs> It was on the tip of my tongue. It's like, no, no. We we didn't clarify what grade we were talking about. I didn't want to say it. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, um, yeah, everybody everybody knows how to draw that now. And uh, Jesse, uh, cool pick, man. Anything else? on? uh, Do you still need to shout out a Game Pass, Sugar Daddy? Um, I probably should because Muddle Madness is... Keeping me warm at night with his <laughs> sweet Game Pass dollars. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good perk, man. Muddle's got it on lockdown, but as soon as they decide to cancel their patronage, you should jump in and become Jesse's Game Pass daddy. Jesse loves thanking people. You know, we should probably just unlock it. We should probably just make it anybody that pledges 16 instead of 15 <laughs> gets to <laughs> fucking get shouted out by yeah. Jesse. <laughs> That's a good I, idea. I'll do it. That's how you. That's how you drive dollars, boys. You want one more dollar? <laughs> you uh, you get Jesse to uh, compliment them. It's uh, Game Pass Daddy polyamory. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, that sounds good. <laughs> you know, Jesse's all about that Game Pass lifestyle, baby. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Jesse, we'll see you at the uh, you know, the Game Pass glory hole, and uh, <laughs> I got my pineapple and my shopping cart ready to go. <laughs> 
Johnny, let's hit that polyamorous computer, man. Calculating computer activated. Computers. Beeps. Space. Boops. Scoring complete. This game's winner is... David Fleming. What? Hey! Congratulations, David. Great win. I don't know why it couldn't be me, but I'm glad it was you. It was a well-deserved win. Sure it was. Whatever it takes, man. I'm happy for you. What a win it was. What an epic episode it was. You know, David, our oldest and most verbose member of Game That Tune. Uh, congratulations. You've done it. You've won this episode. I'm trying to figure out if you were insulting me or not. <laughs> You're, you're intelligent and wordy enough, you know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, David. <laughs> so go ahead, man. You know, use your uh, use the big brain in there, that vocab brain. You know, use all the big words, and tell us the theme for next week's episode. You old fuck. <laughs> David want theme B. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell me without using the letter E. Fuck Bumble. <laughs> <laughs> um, without using the letter E. Without using the letter E. Okay. E! Alright. <laughs> For next episode. <laughs> you should pick my show... Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Song. Thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... I... was kind of inspired with my choice of game. Um, I was thinking about... You know, older games that I enjoyed in my childhood. So, I think the theme should be... Games on the NES. Boo. And because we're... And because we're doing that weird double thing... Alternatively... <laughs> Games with horses. <laughs> Why do horses remind you of your childhood? <laughs> I was thinking about, you know, Oregon Trail, the Old West, riding on horses. Oxen. Were oxen. David yeah, famous. I know oxen pulled the carts, but like in the 1840s, you had people riding horses. Not according David. to the Oregon Trail, David. <laughs> no, so the reason horses remind David of his childhood is David famously was a horse girl back in the day. David <laughs> had a horse that he would go ride every week. <laughs> it was his friend Flicker. <laughs> uh, you know, I like to think that David spent the Oregon Trail game shooting horses and eating their meat. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I could only take 200 pounds of it, so yeah. most of it was a waste. Horses remind David of his childhood because of that elementary school trip to the glue factory. Don't you guys remember that? <laughs> God, guys, living in Florida, really. <laughs> yeah, it's tough for people to understand. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of horseplay going on in our childhoods, and that's that's what reminds David of uh, being a youth. Uh, NES games and horseplay. So, wow, David, what a um, theme! That was a uh, what an unexpected combination of things coming together to make a theme. So, NES games and games with horses. 
No. I mean, uh, ha- have those not been our themes for the past several episodes? Yeah. Just unexpected combinations of things. But, yeah, John, you declaring this an uncommon, <laughs> an unexpected combination. I have to say nay to that. All right, David. <laughs> famously... <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> God, you're not even playing the sound for yourself, you failure of a soundboard operator. <laughs> um, Jesus. Um, yeah, well done, Johnny. Uh, you did it. You, you know, Wait, well I thought done. David won. No, I would say, well done, Johnny. Uh, well done, well Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> well done, Johnny. I'm Johnny now. <laughs> we gotta get out of here, guys. <laughs> Up, well, John Donnie, and y'all want to give me shit about slurring. Okay. I'm John, not slurring, change... man. I'm just getting mixed up, baby. <laughs> John, can you change my name as Scorekeeper to <laughs> Toddy? <laughs> to John Donnie? <laughs> oh, man, I like my Donnie well John. Thank you. <laughs> shit. Um, but yeah, so... Um, Damn it, Donnie, shut the fuck up! You've done well with that theme, and David has done well to uh, saddle us with that theme. <laughs> and, um... Hey, look, I get the sound. See, that's why you play the sound. It stamps you out of saying things like, uh, you know, well done, Donnie. Um, <laughs> great, uh, great show coming up next week, guys. And what a great show it's been this week. Jesus Christ. Uh, it was it was uh, one for the ages, and we want to thank everybody for being here. Thank you, everybody watching live with us. We are live every Wednesday night. We are on Twitch. We are on YouTube. We are on uh, Facebook. Search for Game That Tune. We love you guys joining us live. Uh, thank you to everybody listening in podcast form. Our podcasts come out Tuesday mornings there at GameThatTune.com or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Uh, we love you guys rating, reviewing, subscribing, and doing all the podcast things. For, uh, for us, for Game That Tune. I uh, want to thank everybody checking out Patreon, patreon.com slash Game That Tune. It's the whole home for awesome exclusives. We've got Game That Tune gems. We've got Game That Tune mixtapes. We've got Game That Tune movie nights. we got to say more things with our name attached to them, guys. We've got to brand these things. Um, you help us keep the lights on at our 24-7 video game mu- music live stream at Game That Tune Radio, radio.gamethattune.com, gtt.rocks, if you will, uh, the home for video game music on the internet. Uh, just a, a great thing that we do, thanks to our patrons there at patreon.com slash game that tune. want to give a special shout out, of course, to our absurd fans on Patreon. I'm talking about Lance Revere, Damian Beckles, Daniel Perky, Taylor Y, Sam L, Grimmery, Phoenix Tier 2121, Beast Pond, and The Kerrigan, a fantastic group of Patreon absurd fans. Uh, join us on Patreon for uh, shout outs and more. Um... Want to give a special thanks again to our requester. The request was Jesse. Remind me. Yes, Kerrigan made their request via our Discord, but they also, uh, you know, uh, kind of bluffed that request up with a write-up on GameThatTune.club, our social media server on the Fediverse. If uh, if you ever wanted to ditch Twitter like we all did four months ago, you know, you can still do it. You can join GameThatTune.club. It's the uh, yeah, I, I guess we're a little less popular than Twitter. We're less uh, less used, but uh, it, it's not with a, it's not out of the question that we surpass Twitter at some point here in the not too distant future. Uh, yeah, we uh, we're, we're coming for you, and more importantly, we're there for you. The uh, I don't know 
video game music fan that likes their own social media thing. Join us, GameThatTune.club. We love uh, hearing from you guys there. Uh, and that's going to do it, guys. David has bonus tunes. And David's going to tell us what they are. I certainly do. Um, we are closing out with one of my favorite games where you can ride a horse based on a series that started on the NES and was, as I recall, sadly knocked out of Game That Tune March Madness. This is the Hyrule Field theme from Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. Not the best representative for the Legend of Zelda for our March Madness tournament, but uh, you know, still a, still a great game in our hearts. Uh, we love you, Link. And we love you guys for listening. Peace out, everybody.
before I set us to out, can we um name this week's episode <laughs> Will Judd Dottie? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we can. If you give everybody a taste of what would have been my bonus tunes, man, hit it. Welcome to Lee Carvello's Pudding Challenge. I am Carvello. You have chosen a three wood. May I suggest a butter? Three wood. <laughs> now enter the force of your swing. You have entered our drive. Now dank, we're out. Man. The dank. Mm-hmm. Enter the Gungeon is copyright 2016. Devolver Digital. Chi Chi's Pro Challenge Golf is copyright 1993. Virgin Games. I Can Fell is copyright 2020. Happy Ray Games and Humble Games. Oregon Trail 2 is copyright 1995. The Learning Company. Pentiment is copyright 2022. Obsidian Games. All right, so. Uh... This game uh, takes place in a very specific time. Jesse, you're on mute. In- Jesse, you're on mute. Ah. <clears throat> Jesse. Jesse. <laughs> yes. You're on, you're on mute, man. You're on mute. Until you turn your microphone back on, I'm gonna play this woman. Listen, uh, play an Oregon Trail. Let's have to trade one more. I don't know, can we go back to like Jesse opening his mouth know. a bunch for that Jesse ASMR? Want 67 pounds of food. Not a chance. Was 100 bullets, we'll trade you 50 pounds of food. Okay, so uh, 